and the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. And the dragon was wroth with the woman, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, we are that remnant. And this is the Remnant Report. Here you will learn the truth of what's really going on and what must shortly come to pass. Blessed are they who hear and keep the word, for the time is now at hand. Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome to another edition of the Remnant Report. I am your host, Pastor Jeremy Anderson, aka the Remnant Warrior, and tonight we are going to be continuing with our Doctrine of Christ series. Tonight is Doctrine of Christ Part 3 What is the Every Word of God? And Tonight, uh, we are really going to find the first doctrine of Christ. Um, This is part three, but this is truly uh, the the first doctrine of Christ that that we find. And the, the first, we find the, we find the first doctrine of Christ in Matthew 4, 4. It's when Jesus was being tempted by the devil to be, to turn stones into bread and he responded like this he said it is written man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God what did he mean by that what is the every word of God and how can we live by it I want to know and so I did this study and I'm gonna share with you all what I have found through the week and you know I, I know that it sounds basic but how often do we really try to resolve our issues with the, with the word of God how often do we try to battle our temptations in the flesh without going to the word of God you know Jesus put a lot of emphasis on the authority from every word from the mouth of God and when he was faced with temptation he quoted the word and this is going to be a, a great episode, so let's get started. Um, we we are actually getting to the first doctrine of Christ now. Um, we uh, this is the third episode, but this is actually the first doctrine of Christ that we come across. And again, it's in Matthew chapter four, and it, it's a this is a study that will truly last a lifetime. You know, we could spend two lifetimes studying the doctrines of Christ and we would not exhaust it. And it's exciting to be able to think what is most important? What should we study about now? And truly this that we are talking about tonight is of supreme importance, such as every word that came from the master's lips. 
and you know I've been real excited while I was doing this study this week for this and you know I'm learning each week all over again uh, I, I got new revelations this week as I'm studying for tonight's program and I'm going to share those insights with you all tonight and you know I could teach this lesson this week and then restudy it and reteach it again next week and I would see more revelation into the doctrine of Christ I always do in this I mean this verse this book is alive our master Jesus Christ is alive and he's living in our hearts and speaking to us through his doctrine in the word of God and tonight we're going to talk about the doctrine that we hear here in Matthew 4 4 you know that we just heard that we just read and there there's we're we're going to try to to focus on a few extremely important things and one of the things we want to talk about is the word that's here for word and that word is rima if we if we look at man shall not live by bread alone but every every rima every word that comes out of the mouth of god and that word rima is 4487 in the greek and it means to speak a word spoken or uttered denoting the operating or all-powerful word or command of God that is from the word study New Testament and the other word for word in uh, the Greek New Testament is logos and it is good for us to get some understanding of the nuance between logos and rima to understand preeminently the world that Christ that plays in bringing the word of God and bringing revelation to us, revealing the Father to us. Um, we talked about this in the very first episode. Um, we went into the Blue Letter Bible and also in we looked in the Strongs and we saw in, in John uh, chapter 1 verse 1 um, where it says, In the beginning was the word in the beginning was the logos and the logos was with god and the logos was god and and if we look at a definition of logos and logos is is 3056 in, in the Greek and the definition of it in the Greek in the in the word study New Testament is Jesus Christ in his pre-incarnate state is called whole logos the word meaning the first immaterial intelligence and then the expression of that ex- intelligence in speech that humans could understand now that's that's saying a lot. That, that's saying a mouthful. Um, the very first immaterial intelligence before flesh existed, this intelligence of the Logos was there. And in the, the Vincent's word study, he puts it like this. It therefore signifies both the outward forms 
by which the inward thought is expressed and the inward thought itself. Now, whereas Rima is always the spoken word, the Logos is the thought behind the word. The, the prophets spoke the Rima as it came to them. You and I can receive revelation through the gifts of the Spirit of the, you know, of a word of knowledge or a word of prophecy. We can speak the Rima word, but behind all Rima words, there is the Logos. It is the source and the origin of all Rima, and it is the way to understand all Rima. This is how um, this is how preeminent the logos is. So we can say that that Jesus Christ, as the logos, as the Word of God, He stands first and foremost as the origin of all Rima words that come forth from the Father. And that is truly mind blowing to try to get our human minds wrapped around. And you know, I'm not even sure that we can, but we can we can try and and we can get enough to get blessed by it. And and we see in John chapter one verse eighteen, and and the way that I always like to say um, concerning Jesus Christ that that He is the ultimate revelation of God. In John one eighteen says, "No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father." He has declared him as the Logos. So, in our text, man does not live by bread alone, which come from the material realm, but every word that comes from the mouth of God, and that that begins in the spiritual realm. It began before the world was created, and that that comes to us beyond our world of existence is is that which truly feeds our soul because you know when we are born again we become citizens of the heavenly kingdom and and we desire heaven that that heavenly manna and that's what truly feeds our existence and it comes from our lord and savior jesus christ and and this is such a profound and heavy doctrine that it, it, it staggers it staggers us to, to comprehend such a truth that our Father would so honor us. And in very straightforward language, uh, Jesus said concerning his own words, and, and when we have the doctrine of Christ, it it comes to us as the Rima from the mouth of Christ that is coming from the very logos of the father in John chapter 6 in in verse 63 the text says here it is the spirit that quickeneth the flesh profiteth nothing the words that i speak unto you they are spirit and they are life you know we studied um last week in our last study that the words that Jesus spoke were the very words of the Father. They they come from the spiritual realm. They they come from spirit. They are spirit and they are life. And they were delivered 
from the as the Rima word out of the incarnate Christ, yet they are spirit and they originated in the other realm from the very lips of the Father. And in verse 67 and verse 68, um, you, you can't you, you truly can't get this anywhere else. Um, you cannot get these words anywhere but from in the doctrine of Christ. The the most important thing in each and every one of our lives is our salvation experience with Jesus Christ and His doctrine. That is the the most important thing in everyone's life, and and we all need to come to realize this. And this is why I'm truly honored to do this series with you all um, week after week, and emphasize how this is the most important thing. And you know, there's nothing more important than this. Um, when when we hear the words of our Savior, we hear. A man speak as never a man spoke. And in verse 67 and verse 68, then Jesus, and in verse 67 and verse 68, um, then Jesus said unto the twelve, Will ye go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, And Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. You know, that's what we all need to realize. There is no other place to go. That's why Jesus said, Call no man rabbi. Nobody is our teacher except him. He is the one that we go to. It's his words that we realize come from the Father, and they feed our very souls. They are our most important thing, more important than anything we could ever achieve in in our earthly and material existence. And in this this same chapter here, um, you know, our our main text here says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And in the um, in John six. In 35, he says, I am the bread of life. He that cometh unto me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. And, you know, you jump up to 41, and the Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which come down from heaven. And then down in verse 48 again, he says, I am that bread of life. And then one more time in 58, he said, He that eateth this bread shall live forever. And, you know, if you remember the sermon where um, Jesus said, um, If you eat my flesh and drink my blood, it it really goes hand in hand with the 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 Last Supper um, when Jesus tells them this bread is my flesh um, this wine is my blood um, and if we look at these uh, these this bread is the word and man shall not live by bread alone but 
by every word that come from the mouth of the Father. That, that's just one of the revelations that that I got from this this week um, for the very first time ever. And I just, you know, it's it's kind of like a, a a preacher, you know, that that holds a, a revival and every night he, he preaches on John three sixteen, and you know then. The people come up and ask him, you know, why do you keep preaching on John 3.16 every night? And he says, well, I'm going to keep preaching on it until they get it. <laughs> and that's that's kind of what Jesus was doing on the bread of life, you know. Um, and that's kind of what we're doing on the doctrine of Christ. And, you know, that's the way us as, as humans are. We have to hear things several times, you know, very often before we really grasp it and we need to get this revelation here. Um, what Jesus was talking about here in Matthew 4, 4, that it's by him we live and by his sacrifice on the cross and by the, the words on out of his mouth, by his words, the doctrine, and the example of Christ. It's all about him. And this is... This is uh, truly a mind-blowing revelation if we could all just realize that he is the bread of life and all that that entails that is the most important thing that we could ever get a hold of um, that means that he is the preservation of life as well um, he he quoted Deuteronomy 8 verses 3 here um, that, that's what Jesus was quoting and that, that whole verse um Moses was reminding him, reminding them uh, about manna, and you know they, the children of Israel didn't know what they were going to eat. They didn't know what the the manna was, but he, he was God was showing them to and teaching them to trust Him, and that's what this whole doctrine seems to come down to is trust, trusting God completely for everything. It, it's it's about faith, and. You know, we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He died on the cross for our sins. You know, He was that virgin-born Son of God that lived a sinless life. He was the sinless sacrifice. He was with the Father. You know, in the beginning was the Logos. And it all comes through the Word, through the Logos, as Jesus comes as the ultimate revelation of the Father. You know, his supreme suffering and sacrifice on the cross truly enables everyone who would place their trust in him to be able to eat from that living bread of life. And that's what he died for, you know, to, to give that blessing to us. And it's by faith that we understand it, by faith that we uh, receive it, understand it. And once we begin to, to eat, we understand more and more and the revelation just come and the bread just keeps tasting sweeter and the understanding just keeps coming more and more as we go um you know this is the gospel the good news and you know it's for everybody it everybody can eat of that living bread that bread of life if we will just humble ourselves and repent and accept the the death of Jesus Christ on the cross as payment for our sin debt, then we can be born again and sit down and feast on this heavenly manna. 
Now, in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, um, verse, uh, let's see, Luke chapter 4, um, chapter 4, verse, uh, sorry guys. Luke chapter 4, verse 32, there's, a, a, again, I was saying there's a very profound connection here between the doctrine and the word and the power in Luke chapter 4, verse 32, and, and it says, and they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. We can make a, a little equation Word equals doctrine. The doctrine of Christ is the words that came out of his mouth that originated as the as the inerrant, infallible words that came from the Father. You know, he, he, he died and the Holy Ghost, the Comforter, was sent that he could bring to our minds those things that Jesus said. And, and, and the understanding that his doctrine is the, the word and this, his doctrine is the word and this is power. And the only way that we as children of God, that we can have authority and power and effect in people's lives is to impart to other people not our ideas or our biases but the words that came out of the mouth of Christ when we can give that to people then we can have an impact and it reminds me of a scripture in Isaiah in in, in chapter 55 verse 11 when the prophet Isaiah puts it so plainly, and this is truly an encouragement to me and, and to all ministers, in Isaiah 55, 11, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. And when the Father gives us the scriptures and calls men and women to put forth that word, it is to bring about a purpose, to bring mankind into a relationship with Jesus Christ by faith in his sacrificial death on the cross. And, you know, a lot of times we can, we can labor, you know, like in the series on the doctrine of Christ, um, Oh, gee, I don't know if we're doing any good or not. But guys, we have that promise from the Father that if we will put out those words from the Father that, that came out of His mouth and give them to the people, then it'll bring forth what the Father wants to come forth from the people. And this is what gives tremendous power to these words. There's power in these words. I mean, it's not... These, these are not words from a normal book. They're from the supernatural word of God, the, the Bible. And, you know, there, there are times when men are, men of God will, will be discouraged 
and and Jeremiah came to that place and he said Jeremiah says um, in Jeremiah 29 and verse 9 then I said I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name but his word was in mine heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones and I was weary with forbearing and I could not stay and you know he felt that and you see when we really have that revelation that Jesus is the bread of life that his words really are the very words of God himself then it will be within us like a fire how can we not read our Bibles when we realize what it is and and, and the awesome power of it and, um, you know here in Jeremiah um, 23 29 just a couple of chapters later in in Jeremiah 23 29 he says is not my word like as a fire saith the Lord and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces <laughs> and you know this is what the word of God is it will not return void it's a hammer it's a fire and we 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 can impart this into individuals and into he that hath an ear to hear this revelation that is the bread of life that really does sustain our souls and our very existence um, you know in in Colossians the Apostle Paul says that, that that everything was created and by him all things consist he is the one that holds our entire world together and you know this is why we have clouds in the sky and, and rain to come down and make the grass grow it's all because of Jesus um, and Paul also said in Ephesians that, that, that the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. So it's like, it's also our weapon. Um, so it's like we were just saying earlier, why wouldn't we read this? It, it, it is our weapon. And it's what we have to understand about the entire doctrine of Christ. Um, it is a, a doctrine that he spoke but it, it, it was also an example because when we face temptations, um, you know, he, he gave us an example of how to deal with it right there. He said, it is written. He went to the word. He used his sword of the spirit. So that's an example from Yeshua right here. And it's because of the cross that we all can partake of this. So, you know, it's because of his doctrine that we know that you see they're all three together in perfect unity just like the father and the son and the holy ghost are a perfect unity the cross the doctrine and the example of jesus christ are a perfect unity and you know you can understand how they all play out in everything he said and everything he did and it's such a wonderful thing to follow in the footsteps of our Savior. And, and you know, the, the reason why all throughout the doctrine of Christ, he emphasized that the, the reason why what he said was so important. 
and so nourishing to our souls. It's it's because of who he was. Um, you know what he said was was supremely important because of who he was. He was God in the flesh. Um, you know, in, in John fourteen ten, Jesus said, "Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? And the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself." But the Father that dwelleth in me. Ah, oh, he doeth the works. And in verse 24, he that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. And the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father which sent me. And and when when we come to those words that come out of the Father's mouth that proceeded forth that were delivered to us by Christ you know we should hang on to them with with the greatest anticipation and the willingness to obey and conform to everything that our master said that is what it means to be a disciple a disciple of Jesus Christ you know 1 John talks a lot about this a lot it is in there um, I was reading some of that today too. Um, you know, we brought this out in in our study on the Great Commission, um, and over and over we talked about how the doctrine of Christ is binding. It's it's not just like something that is optional that we can either believe or not believe. Um, it is the only doctrine that the body of Christ has always had. It is the doctrine of the church. The doctrine of Christ, and you know we know that that the apostles and the first century church in the New Testament they were saying these same things because Peter, Paul, they were all John. They were they were quoting scripture all the time. Most of everything they said was quoting scripture, um, which is the word of God, and and we also we noted in Matthew 4 4 um, as we said earlier that that Jesus was quoting Deuteronomy 8 and 3 and and you cannot separate it is the holy scriptures um, you know we have the Hebrew scriptures and the Christian scriptures um, uh, I, I don't I don't like to call it Old Testament um, and New Testament because that that means something's old you know we don't want anything old think about something that's outdated old musty but these are the holy scriptures um in in timothy it says thou hast from a child known the holy scriptures it was talking about the hebrew scriptures uh, because you know that's all they had at that point um they they were the holy scriptures It, it doesn't say the old testament it says the holy scriptures and you know I think that that might just that that just that by using that term the as much as we can the holy scriptures the hebrew scriptures and the christian scriptures then we can understand all the power of the word of god it is all the word of god um they are they're linked together in a supernatural cohesiveness that only the father could have done and 
Jesus quoted scripture all the time as well, and he, he quoted a lot from Deuteronomy, it seems like, but he, he's showing the authority of the word by quoting it. And it is, he says, it is written, it is written. This, this one little sentence, this one little verse, this, this chapter is, has, it's got so much in it. It's like we said, it's an example of how to deal with temptation. It's an example, you know, he's saying we trust in the Lord completely in, in all things. And, you know, there's more to it still. Um, there's always more. Uh, we, like I said, you know, we can keep studying it. And it is the inexhaustible riches of Christ. And, you know, we were talking about how we can see the cross the doctrine and the example in, in all that Jesus did and said. Um, here's another amazing connection. In 1 Corinthians 1.18, Apostle Paul said for for uh, for the preaching, and if you look that word up in your Strongs, it is the word logos. The, the preaching here is the same thing translating as logos in John 1.1 for the word. It says, for the preaching, for the logos of the cross is to those that perish foolishly. But unto us, which are saved, it is the power of God. And in Luke 4, 32, you know, we equated the doctrine with the power. Here, the Apostle Paul equates the logos with the cross. And, you know, you cannot separate them. Because it was that Logos which was in the beginning with the Father that died on the cross. And everything that he did, he did to reveal the Father to us. Um, You know, he's behind every author. Paul, Moses, John, every author of scripture, the Logos, Jesus Christ stands behind them as the ultimate source. And as we receive the doctrine of Christ, that is the ultimate way to understand everything that Moses or John or Paul said because it is the Logos of God that stands behind their words. Um, even even the verse that we were just reading in, in, in 1 Corinthians, he, he, he continues on in verse 19. He says, it is written. And then he goes on to talk about more scripture. And that was his authority. It is written. It is written. And, and this is this is another thing that we really want to understand here. Um, in our text here in Matthew 4, 4. And I, I just want to go back and, and read that again one more time. Because, you know, this is one of those verses that we read. And a lot of times it's a memory verse. And we know it, we can quote it, but it is so profound, we need to understand it. And and it says, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now, when he said it is written, 
that tells us that the words that come out of the mouth of God are written down. Now, this is a whole new dynamic aspect um, (laughs) that is just awesome. Um, Even Moses said um, that all of the words of God are written, that he wrote down all the words God said to him. Um, When we were doing our study on the oral Torah versus the written Torah, um, we came across this. Um, In Exodus 24, you know, Moses said, every word that God spoke to me, I wrote them down. And in the... You see, in the basis of rabbinic Judaism is the oral Torah. And this is the the theory that, yes, God did speak to Moses and he wrote down the Torah. But in addition to that, there was also a lot of things that he said that Moses didn't write down. And these have been passed down as tradition. Well, the written Torah contradicts the oral Torah. Because it clearly says in Exodus 24, in the first three verses, that Moses wrote down all of the words. And so let's let's just take the time to turn and, and read that. Because this is an important issue. Because so many people are being deceived into following the oral Torah. You know, especially in the, the Hebrew Roots movement. And those who are, have come out of Rabbinic Judaism into what? they call Messianic Judaism, which to me is really uh, an oxymoron, but, um, and still, in Exodus chapter 24, I don't want to get off topic or say something that's going to get me flagged, but um, in Exodus chapter 24, it says, "And, and he said unto Moses, come up unto the Lord thou an Arab, Nadab and Abihu, and a seventy of the elders of Israel, and worship ye afar off. And Moses alone shall come up near the Lord, but they shall not come nigh, and neither shall people go up with him. And Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord, and all the judgments, and all the people's answer with one voice, and said, All the words which which the Lord said we will do. And Moses wrote all the Lord, all, and Moses wrote all the words which the Lord said. According to the written Torah, there is no oral Torah, you know. Um, and of course, when the the Jewish nation and Judaism rejected Jesus Christ as the Messiah. Um, you know, John said that to deny that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, that is the spirit of Antichrist. So, this oral Torah is supremely not of God, but it comes from the people that have denied Jesus Christ as the Messiah. And, you know, this gives them the, the unending liberty to totally circumvent the plain meaning of scripture and there are thousands of examples that we could give so the the thing that we need to understand as believers is that we stand on the written words of God and as our text today brings out 
that the words of scripture are written down um in now in jeremiah chapter 8 um let, let's read let's look in jeremiah chapter 8 in verse 8 jeremiah chapter 8 verse 8 how do ye say we are wise and the law of the Lord is with us. Lo, certainly in vain made he it. The pen of the scribes is in vain. This was the attitude of those in Jerusalem that were ignoring what was written. It, I mean, it talked about the pen of the scribes and as, as God gave his word, he had holy men of God write that word down. Now, today, when when people say they believe in the Bible, what is usually meant by that is that I believe, and, and if you say that you believe the Bible is perfect, they say, well, I believe the Bible is perfect in its original form. Well, that certainly is true, but it's also true that nobody has ever had that Bible. Moses wrote a long time before the Apostle John did. Never have all of the original autographs been collected into one book. And when people say, I believe in the Bible as it was originally written, that's fine, but that Bible doesn't exist, and it never has. And most people today sadly believe that every Bible is full of corruption. And, and sad to say, many and most, except for the King James Bible, that is true. And this is the concept that men and women of God stood on for 400 years, but beginning in the late 1800s, they began to believe this... Um, the original Bible theory, which it doesn't exist. And when the people in, in the Protestant Reformation said sola scriptura, the Bible only, it was a book. It was the King James Bible that they could hold in their hand. And sadly, we've come to a time when, when most people don't believe that they can hold the written words of God in their hand and believe it and trust in that book but we can and you know it is time to start saying we believe in the Bible again not some imaginary Bible that doesn't exist but a real Bible that we can hold in our hand and tell other men and women that you can read the very words of God for yourself and you know David loved it so much. The whole Psalms, especially in Psalms 119, he said, your word, your word, your testimonies. I love reading Psalm 119. Um, I read it fairly often. It's, it's such a good reminder of how much love he had for the word, for God's word. And, you know, he didn't have a, a book to carry around like we do now. And in Hosea chapter 8, verse 11 um, it says 
Because Ephraim hath made many altars to sin, altars shall be unto him to sin. I have written to him the great things of my law. God has not only uttered his words, but he has written them to his people. His people have always had his words to read. And this is the promise of scripture. And in Psalm chapter 12, let's read verses 6 and 7 really fast. Um, you know, his words that, that come out of his mouth are so important to him that that he guards them and he protects them, that they can be written down for his people to have. This is something that God takes very, very seriously. And today when people say that every Bible is full of errors, they just don't believe that God's capable of doing his job. But but when, when we say we believe in the Bible, we're not talking about some Bible that never existed. We're talking about this King James Bible that we can hold in our hand. And in Psalm chapter 12, in verse 6 and 7, The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. And it's interesting. Um, it, 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 it's interesting that you know the King James Bible was edited seven times to get you know the text that underlied it was never changed, but it was edited seven times to get the typos and the spelling errors. Seven times it was revised, and that's that's amazing. Uh, the words of the Lord are pure words as the silver tried in a furnace of earth purified seven times thou shalt keep them O Lord thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever so when people say that the Bible is full of errors and mistakes then they don't believe that God can do his job but he can and he did with the King James Bible and I know that I, I harp on the King James and uh, people fuss because I'm King James only but you know that there is good reason for that um, guys we're we're coming to about time to close and we're gonna we're gonna go through our prayer request, see what prayer request we have, and always remember that, that you can send me your prayer request throughout the week. You can email them to me at Pastor J Anderson2018 at gmail.com. That's Pastor J Anderson2018 at gmail.com. Or you can send them to me. Um, by messenger uh, through the Serpents and Doves Ministries Facebook page or through messenger on my personal Facebook page which is um, Jeremy Anderson or you can also send them to the um, to the Narrow Way Christian Fellowship 
Facebook page. Um, either way, I'll get them, and I, I always get them. And we're gonna take this time now to go through our prayer request, and we're gonna talk about the things that we need to bring before the Lord, and we're going to go to the Lord in prayer, and then we are going to wrap up this week's edition of the Remnant Report.